Log on to patreon.com forward slash one sound one scene to support the show. Exclusive apparel is also available at one sound one scene.com. You're listening to One Sound One Scene Podcast, where we highlight and promote entrepreneurs, startup businesses, independent music, and creators while offering information and inspiration on topics everyone can relate to. One sound, one scene, one love, one team, one vision, one dream. It's way more than it seems. Aspire, inspire, and we pouring into others. We gotta stay unified. We gotta support each other. One sound, one scene, one love, one team, one vision, one dream. It's way more than it seems. Aspire, inspire, and we pouring into others. We gotta stay unified. We gotta support each other. I double tap my people, picture, I show them love anywhere. Social media in person, I'm showing love anywhere. Give them flowers while they live in sweet Thanks for tuning in to One Sound, One Scene, representing the 337, the boot shape state. You know, it's Louisiana. It's your girls, Elena Marie. And Daisha Nicole. Be sure to log on to the website at onesoundonescene.com on your mobile web device. Hit the subscribe button to get updates on new episodes. We're also available on your favorite podcast outlets such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. To watch video mobile interviews, be sure to subscribe on YouTube as well as One Sound, One Scene and hit the bell for notifications so you don't miss a thing. Good morning, guys, and welcome to the show and happy Wednesday to you all. I'm hoping each and every one of you is having a productive week so far. Mine is going great. Today we have some special guests joining us, but before we bring them on, how are you doing today, chicken? I'm doing good, girl. Good, I'm always doing good. Look, I was going to say... I know you always want me to give my uh, a long story, but I'm gonna have the same story every time. <laughs> so uh, nothing exciting is happening in my life right now. I'm doing good, and I'm looking good, and that's it. Awesome, awesome. Today's topics include interview with functional family therapists Miss Ebony Wildridge and Tara Katerna, discussing mental health, listener locations, listener review segment, music break with an artist spotlight feature from Humble Joe. Joining us today are functional family therapist and the owner of Center for Thriving Families, LLC, Ms. Ebony Wildridge and Terrica Turner. How are you ladies doing today? I'm fine. We're doing good. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today. It is a pleasure to have you guys on the show. So today we are talking about mental health and you guys are the perfect ones to speak on this topic with because you guys are both family of functional therapists or functional family therapists, should I say? I said it backwards, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> but before we jump into today's topic, for anyone that may not be familiar with you all, who is Ebony and Terica, and why did you choose mental health as a career path? Um, I'm I'm Ebony. Uh, excuse me, I'm a little under the weather today, but um, I always wanted to be in the helping profession. Um. So I went to school for social work, and it just it just kind of fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Terrica Turner. Um, after years of either experiencing some of the effects that go along with mental illness um, and some of the things that contribute to mental illness mm-hmm. and uh, the risk factors, and everything that coincides with behavior health and mental health. Um, I decided after being in college for pre-law to turn my, my coursework into um, sociology, psychology classes, and 
toward the end of it, I realized I took more of those classes than my pre-law classes. So I was kind of like, okay, then I kind of, I kind of saw where my interest was in the work of understanding how the mind works and how does what you think and what you feel affect how you behave and those outside factors that contribute to some of the things that are causing issues in today's society as we speak right now. And so that's whenever I chose to further my um, my work history and um, experience in the mental health profession. Um, and that's how I ended up in um, the mental health field. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So what is functional family therapy and what does it entail? Ebony, you want to answer that one? Go ahead. Okay. So functional family therapy is an evidence-based practice. Um, It focuses on strength-based relational um systems that where you take the family strength and you you start from there and work from uh the beginning phases to the end and it's five phases of treatment where you're doing a relational a a relational assessment a behavior pattern for the family you're doing behavior change um, and then you're generalizing and you're doing some case management after that. But at the beginning phases, it's just really about uh, building a rapport with your family, um, getting in getting in contact with everybody that could either break down the the work that you could possibly pro- um, the progress that you could provide for the family, um, and making sure that you can get with that family and make sure that they understand that you're not there to take this family, take anyone from their home. You're not there to um, bring in extra um, problems that the family will see like uh, the OJJ DCFS because chances is that's who referred those um, people to us. And so we're there to act as an advocate for the family through the phase of treatment for at least three to six months. Um, it's a, it's evidence-based. That's the biggest part of it. It's a clinical model that is nationally accredited. Um, and you are trained in this model. They come through, they come to your agency. They implement the uh, their model with your therapist from start to finish and they stay with you for three years and after you've proven that you can bypass those three phases you kind of stand alone agency but then you still have that consultation and support from the functional family therapy organization okay so with and functional it's, it's, it's family centered okay so correct me if I'm wrong. I guess I'm just trying to get a full understanding of it. So with functional family therapy, I would call you one. Let's just let's say, for example, if I had um, a youth that was given problems, maybe at home or in school at that point in time, that's when I would seek therapy from you guys. And then we come together yeah. as a family to figure out um coping mechanisms and exercises and all that to get the family back functioning healthy again? Yes. So the, the, we accept um, of referrals from people can refer themselves. The school can do referrals, DCFS, OJJ, SINs, 
churches. Um, you can receive a referral from anybody. It's just a qualification of eligibility for that identified youth. So typically there's an identified youth from age 10 to 18. Mm-hmm. And if that kid has some behavior issues, it could be truancy, skipping class, um, having problems at the home, disrespectful, disobedient, uh, physical or verbal uh, aggression, running away from home, and involvement in the court system or law enforcement. So it could be any one of those things that ends up having a family referred to us or someone can refer themselves as long as they meet the criteria for eligibility. And then once we get the referral, we reach out to the family. Now, I want you to understand, a lot of times these families that we do receive, they're not, they don't welcome us in their homes and their families willy-nilly like, oh, yeah, come right. on in. No, <laughs> it's, you're you're kind of met with a lot of resistance, but those same families, once you go in and you implement the model like it's, like you're supposed to and you go step-by-step, week-by-week, and you're getting that weekly consultation with your supervisor and your your team that you're working with. You go in with a plan each week. Those are the same families that don't want you to leave whenever uh, their family is on the path toward um, progression and knowing how to work things out on their own. Because basically what you're doing is showing them the tools that they, they already can utilize with the strength that they already have. Right, because right. we're not going in and trying to change the family. If we're going in and see what can that family do together to help them function properly with what they have right there in front of them. We just assisting with tools and showing them and giving them, uh, affirming them in what they can do, but they just haven't identified that. And that can be just having those natural supports in place, um, having those post-social activities for the kids and actually just having a plan for whenever something, when a dysfunction does arise, what do you do next? That's what we're there to help the family to identify so that they can have something to go back to each time they do experience some type of breakdown. Because even though this model is evidence-based that some families, like if we have a very, very, very high success rate in the state of Louisiana, Mm -hmm. that these services are they do work it does reduce recidivism we got low um hospitalization with these services it's cost effective it's not causing the state as much money as community-based services but what you do what what i love about the functional family therapy is let's say we discharge a family after four months let's say in seven eight months that family has a death in the family mm-hmm. and they're they they're dealing with some abandonment or some grief at that point that family can reach back out to us and we can just jump right back in and start providing services with them again and kind of revise that relapse prevention plan that we worked with with them and add some things to from the behavior change on down and so we, we kind of like, it's like a gradual progression that you kind of don't, you don't ever just leave the family with nothing as long term, but it's not causing as much to the state as it would have provided they were in services for five or six years with no evidence that the family ever got better or the individual got better. They're still um, experiencing some behavior or mental health issues. 
and stuff like that. So I, I'm I'm a big advocate for functional family therapy. Awesome. Now that I know exactly what it is, so am I. Because, I mean, I feel like all families need this, regardless if, you know, mm-hmm. as a, a, a kid or a teen yes. or whatever, somebody that is displaying negative behavior, I feel like it's needed regardless. Because, you know, sometimes you get out of whack with one another and sometimes it takes you know, a third party to come in and evaluate the situation and put a plan in place for the family. Yes. So, um, that's exactly. So concerning mental health, um, at what point should someone seek therapy? Because most of us think we don't need professional help. So what are the telltale signs of a non-healthy mental state? Uh, in my opinion, I feel like everyone needs therapy, um, even a healthy person, because we all face and deal with things, you know, and sometimes we feel like, oh, I have to be this strong person. I have to, you know, sometimes like say you're the go to person for your family. Yes, that's a lot of pressure on one person, you know. And so um, I just feel like everybody needs it. It's, it's really, really you can't really put a time on it. Right, <laughs> you know right. You can't you can't give to something that you don't have. You know, like keep pouring into other people when you're empty yourself, you know? So, I just feel like everybody needed at any point. I can agree with that because like kind of like in my family and with my friends like I'm normally that go-to person you know and I welcome it but like you said sometimes it's draining and it's it puts a burden on your shoulders and like if you always that strong friend who do you lean on right you know normally whenever you are that strong friend or family member you don't lean on nobody yep right you try to figure it out on your own so so who do you you don't want to put that pressure on other people right 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 right. i'm I'm classic for wearing their burdens i'm not even gonna lie like i take on their burdens and you swear that that's me going through that Mm -hmm. and so you know what's some what are some coping mechanisms for that (laughs) (laughs) well well look i want to say this because it's two sides to for me there's Mm -hmm. two sides to like clinical mental Ill, mental health Ill, you know versus trauma because they're, they're two different things so when you look at it from a mental health aspect as to what well, when do you need to when does a person need to seek out help a lot of times that person doesn't see it and someone on the outside does and so there are some little telltale signs for that clinical stuff as far as like someone who may may think maybe thinking about causing harm to themselves or other people or if they're hearing voices uh, or believing things that's not true like something is clinically wrong you know um or just having too many mood swings or of you know being physical or verbal or not eating um having having a hard time just getting out of bed um pain in a body but now then you can shift those same things and you look at what's going on today right mm-hmm. with all the the systematic racism that's going on the the killings that that are happening with COVID-19 and and that's not particularly where you have people um where they're hearing voices they're they're um they thinking about harming people just because of out of a clinical side of it but just out of 
the trauma, the traumatizing event because what's going on right now is traumatizing. It's traumatizing to a certain group of people. Right. It's it's traumatizing to the whole world and society because you can see how one debt caused a whole windfall of protest and support from one end of the earth to the other. And that's that's showing you the type of trauma that is hitting. And so some of those same people, even though what happened to that man didn't initially happen to happen to us, I I myself feel the pain and the hurt of what George Floyd, what Breonna Taylor, what Elijah McClain, I feel that hurt. That that same hurt sees me to bed crying at night mm-hmm. for them. So so it's a difference. So when, do I seek clinical mental health? Do I go to a therapist? What I what I've learned to do is I have people that I've learned to vent to that I can talk things out like I have a good support system to to kind of rationalize things and to kind of tell me sometimes like you know what don't 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 open another Facebook post about this right. you know or yeah. don't don't read another news article. Uh, you know, tonight, just go to bed without researching anything about COVID-19, you know, so you, you have to have those supports in place. That's why for functional family therapy, toward the end of treatment, well, throughout treatment, we are looking at key players in that in that same arena, whether it be at school, at home, in a community, um, or people, family members, or friends who could be your 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 support system, your natural support whenever something happens. Who can you call? Right. Like who do you talk to whenever you when you having a relationship issue? Are you feeling down? What do you do, and who do you do it with? It's just some of those things that, as a therapist, you can you can identify with people yourself, and you can look in your own lives right now and see like, okay, I know whenever I get real down, this is what I do, and this is who I call, you know. And then at the same time, you like, well, I'm that person for some people too. Like Ebony was speaking, and she said that you know that being that go-to person, it takes. It takes a lot being that person. Right. And sometimes the hardest things for that person because they have that nurturer, caregiver script is to tell someone no. Right. And so it's like you got to learn 20 different languages in no. Like, no, thank you. I thank you for asking, but I can't do it today. No, I'm tending to myself. And a lot of times you can't do it because you feel that guilt right. or not being there for somebody when they need you in that that's not practicing self-care you know like you still have to be you still have the responsibility to take care of you in the midst of being there for everybody else and so that's the biggest thing when you said coping coping mechanism is how do you practice self-care because that's the biggest part of like the opposite of having exceptional mental and physical well-being that yeah. self-care piece. And we and, and as a community, as a people, we do not practice self-care well. No, we, we do don't. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Okay, once you tell that person no, and I'm I'm speaking from experience, because like I said, I am that go-to person. And when you're coping with that guilt, what are some 
coping mechanisms that I could use um, in order to help me, you know, take care of myself. So I'm I'm gonna give you an example. Okay. So I am I'm like classic. Ebony is gonna laugh. I'm like classic. Like forgive everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm their friend. They're not my. It doesn't matter how they affronted me. I'm affronted them, and it's okay, right? right? And she's like, no, that's not how I go. <laughs> if they, uh, you know, and I'm, but then I'm big on a friend must show himself friendly. But I overlook. I give people grace in areas where other people would be like, Mm-mm. so there's times when I've overextended my friendship when and and did things where it's like they wouldn't do it for me. You know what I'm saying? And and then I deal with the hurt or whatever it is that's associated with it. And so recently we had some some situation where my friend was like, and you better not call. And so Ebony, she's like, and don't call them and don't text them. <laughs> you shouldn't have to do any of that. Character, I'm telling you, you better not cry. She She's like, so I have that check, that person that holds me accountable to, you remember you told me you was going to say no? Yeah. Now, now when they come ask you about it, you know what you gonna say, and and she holds me accountable, and so sometimes I gotta give a check. And you know, I wanted to call so and so, or I wanted to do this, and you know what I did? I told myself, no, don't do it, Terica. You can't do it <laughs> because you're not taking care of yourself. And I and I I go to her and I I express all the feelings that I had. Because you have to go through all those feelings. If it's guilt, you got to understand why you're feeling guilty. Why you feeling like you're wrong for not being there for them? Why you, like, because you got to feel it in order to be able to separate yourself from it. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you have to feel feel all the little stuff that's going on, the tightness in your chest. Oh, they're gonna be mad at me. Oh, and and if I ever need them, they not they're gonna turn me down. But then you'll start realizing you never can go to them whenever you need them. Okay. You always the go to person for everybody. Nobody ever thinks you need help. Right. You 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 need to find out what is it that you need. And so a lady once told me self care is this. You cannot give anyone something that you need at the moment. So if it's attention, a- how can you give someone else attention when you need it? When If you need financial assistance, how can you give someone else financial assistance when you need financial assistance? Because we'll be good at giving, but we're better receivers. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know how to have someone look out for our best interest, care about what it is that we need. The person that who's going to call me and just check on me instead of calling me with the issue or th- their meltdown. You you rarely can do the meltdown with anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody really thinks you need it. But guess what? That's the strongest person is the weakest sometimes. And that person needs some needs a shoulder. And so the biggest part for that person is having a support system, identifying who are those key people. I'm not talking about people that uh, get on the phone with you. You got an issue and they're going to shoot you with you. And by the end of the call, you're feeling more depressed than when you got on the phone with them. Hmm, I'm right. talking about people that Talk got real tight. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about people that got solutions, people that done experienced some stuff that can tell you, well, you know, give you their their little 
piece of what they dealt with and just how I handled it. And now you you could either handle it like that, but then I've seen other people do this, this, that, and other. I, and, and you give them the pros and the cons. You, you be devil's advocate. You do it with them so that you can help them have a plan. Right. Of, you see the next time um, I go through that depression, I ain't going to call someone because all they're going to do is talk. I'm going to talk with them and then the next thing I know, four other people going to know everything that I was going through. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need them people in your support system. Yeah. You need people that, just like a therapist, when you go to them for therapy, it, it's a confidentiality call. Right. You don't talk. After we talk, don't talk about stuff with nobody. You know, this between me and you. And you have to, at some point, have a little bit of self-disclosure where you can be relevant. You can be relevant, you can be real, and you can be transparent with that person, knowing that that person, you could trust that they got your best interest in heart and that they see like, oh, yeah, she knows what she's talking about. I, I, could, I could talk to her like she get it. Because there's a lot of people that they haven't had your experiences they on the other side they may be that person that's not that go-to person so they're going to defend that position of well no maybe it was just trying to no you need someone that really gets that side of it and don't have a bias when you do go to seek them out for support or or to vent you know yep. so it's a lot of things but a, a support system is to me one of the biggest things you know don't isolate that's don't isolate. Don't retreat and de- deal with things that you have to deal with everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Seek people out. They got people that really care and love you. That That is one of the biggest things that people, you got people that you don't even know praying for you, thinking about you, want the best for you. And sometimes it's not even the people you call friends. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So it's just Knowing those people is and knowing those people and identifying those people, and then at the same time, some of those people that don't mean you no good, that's not there. It, it, that's those people that before you even have to feel the guilt of telling them no, you get them, you 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 kind of separate you separate yourself and create healthy boundaries uh-huh. with those people. Yeah. Like having healthy, that's another part. Healthy boundaries. You a lot of people find out with mental illness, with with trauma, we've created real unhealthy boundaries that we sometimes we don't even know exist. So it's like we have to kind of take back some of our privacy that that is just for us and and those and not giving so many people access to us. You know, and you know, even when you do that, they think you're acting funny. Oh, she acting funny now. You know. Yep. Mhm. Mhm. Oh yeah. They all that come, but at that point, that's when you have to start affirming you. You have to talk to you. That same positive talk that you give other people, that encouraging talk you give other people, that's when you have to be in that place of, I know me. Right. I love me. I care about me. I told you no because I had something to do for me. I told you I couldn't go here because today I decided if I don't do nothing at all with my time, I don't have to share my time with anyone else. This is the day that I designated for me. It don't matter how it makes you feel. Um, 
that's something, guess what? That's not a me problem. That's a you problem. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and that's something that that's a lot of times with that, that guilt that you feel in is because you think thinking it's your, and it's like, mm-mm. That mm-hmm. they, they'll guilt trip you all day long into doing X, Y, Z because they, they've they learned that pattern with you. And, and guess what? Breaking those patterns, they are so hard. But when you realize that you're not responsible for that other person, then you'll start taking back some of your own life and holding yourself accountable to you before the next person. Yes. And that's and listen, that's not being selfish. That's just taking care of yourself. Because if you are taking care of, how can you take care of somebody else? Butter. Girl, I feel like I'm in a session right now. Shoot. <laughs> I am loving it. Loving it. Let me tell you what I just took out of this little uh, conversation. I took confidentiality with friends. So find y'all some confidential friends. Yeah. Need a, a strong support system. Mm-hmm. And healthy boundaries with people. Healthy boundaries. Yes. That's some good stuff right there. Oh, yeah. That's some oh, good yeah. stuff. And look, look, I'm still working. Listen, look, I, I'm working on some of that stuff right now. Yeah, I've been doing therapy for so long and working with families and being able to identify that you start doing you you doing therapy with yourself. And thank God I got uh, friends like Ebony, my friend Laurie, some other people, Ashley, and that in my life that I can realize that, okay, so this is my support system. Right. Okay. so now. I might have been extending myself to three three other people that they not my support system. And so I learned, okay, then I want to cut them off because, see, I need to be able to be there for these people when they need me. And then I need to, and they give me the room to be there for myself because it's not like I have to talk to them 40 times a day mm-hmm. or so be with them 24-7 for them to understand that we're those, we're that kind of friend. We're sister friends. We're, mm-hmm. we, we, we're, we support one another. I'm, I congratulate you and I, 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 I'm proud of every step that you're making. And But I need this little time to deal with myself. But at some point when I come out, hey, this, this is what I'm going to. I think this and this and this and this. And I need somebody. I need to bounce this off y'all. Y'all think I'm right? Y'all think I'm wrong? What, what, I, what I did is it my fault just be honest with you you need people like that that you could talk stuff out with right you know and and not feel like well you didn't you didn't call me today mm-hmm. you that's that's too today. much pressure you know? that's that's petty but listen, needy. you have oh. some, and, and listen you have some people that deal with mental illness and then had trauma that it causes them to be like that Mm. You get what I'm saying? It's not like they woke up and that's a part of it. Life experiences has has taught them, okay, if they're not there today, um, they're not my friend. Or yeah. they didn't call me five times today. They, from being abandoned, I from being rejected. It's, see, I didn't think you know about, I didn't think so about then, it like that. Yeah, so it's like you you see the you you'll see the bad side of it, but then you gotta play out the the tra- the trauma that that person may have experienced experience that causes them to be like that with people. They have codependency where they they gotta have someone close to them. They can't be without a man or they can't be without a woman. All these different things. This is not just happenstance. It's re- relationships from either childhood that 
still playing out today that's that's traumatizing to them. So whenever they get in relationship with friends or partnership or or marriages and stuff, that stuff starts to play out. And you can't you can't perpetrate a fraud when right. it comes to that because that stuff is embedded in your soul. So mental health is something that triggers your social, your mental, and your psychological well being. That's what you think, what you feel, and what you do. So that's your soul. So everything goes back to your experiences from childhood up and it causes you to have some breakdown, some issue with some of those key people that from your childhood that you didn't get to have that argument with because you was a child. You couldn't tell uh, mm-hmm. mama, um, I know you're working too much, mama, but I need you to be right there. You right, right. You couldn't say that. That's that little know? kid inside so now, screaming. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so now you have to you you in a relationship and so and so is always going you and you feeling abandoned, you feeling neglected, but at the same time it's like where they gotta work, they gotta take care of you. But then that's the time when you 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 open your mouth and you voice your needs. That's when you start taking care of yourself and saying, Hey, I I know you work from this time to this time, but you don't have to work extra because I need more time with you. That's not being selfish. That's not understanding that they have to work. That's saying that this is what you was working and you increased working this much. And look, I need that extra time. It's called being vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, to, to state what you really need. Those people that are in friendships and they've dealt with trauma is saying, you know, girl, sometimes when you don't call me, girl, I be thinking we stop being friends. You know, even in relationships, when you build a relationship, like, they don't call you all day. You know what? I'm done with that person. That's it. You know, they ain't call me, and that's, I am calling them, and that's it. When it's really like, just deal with your trauma, boo, and, and take the person and tell them, hey, I would really like it. I really like it if you to call me today. Yeah. Because I feel like um, we're not on the same, we're not on the same wavelength with each other. And that person could tell you, no, I, I missed you today. I was thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to take me that, because when you don't take <laughs> me that, I'm thinking we're done. You know, yeah, that type yeah. of stuff. So that's all. It, it's not the clinical mental health, but it's traumatic tra- trauma-based behavioral things that affect the way we function in relationship, partnerships, in, in workplaces, in um, business, you know, all, all around the board, you know, right. in churches, all that stuff, it all happens. So it doesn't have to be that somebody is ready to commit suicide or they overdosing or um, they just clinically depressed. It can just be purely behavioral stuff mm-hmm. that's affecting the way they relate to other people. Right. And that stuff is a lot. That's a lot of work. That part. That's a lot of work. Because mm-hmm. you have to do sit with someone long enough for them to be able to identify. You got to have a therapist that's ready to sit with you and identify that. And now when you're doing functional family therapy, you're not just sitting with a kid. You're sitting with mom or grandmother mm-hmm. or uncle that's parenting that child. And you got to be able to identify everybody's little thing that, that, that persists in that behavior pattern 
for you to be able to see, oh, this is where it starts mm-hmm. right here. And you just got to be paying attention to their body language, to their the way they function, the way they talk to one another, the, the tone of their voice, you know, their anxiousness, the way they moving around the room as they're getting up and sitting down. You have to be paying attention to all that to catch some of the some of the stuff that you got to work on with those families. Right. So it's a it's it, but it's it's a promising promising model. Me, I've I've done it for six years, um, and we've been doing mental health combined me and Ebony for about sixteen years together. And so we're ready to take on you know the mental health field within our agency, Center for Tribal Families, and really just train good therapists, work with the um the, the um consultants on putting these interventions in place and just having them work with a professional and an ethical mindset, you know, yes. when working with these families. Awesome, awesome. Okay. So um when it comes to therapy, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Women are more inclined and willing to seek seek help faster, whereas guys, you have to kind of persuade them a little bit. Why do you think there's a stigma, especially within the black community, when it involves mental health or seeking any type of therapy of that matter? Because, you know, a lot of times out here, I don't want that on my child record. I'm not doing that. Like, right. you know, what is that about? Like, um, I am in a sense, it's almost about the privacy, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times, you know, we're, we're we're private people and we don't want feel like, you know, you don't want to feel like there's other people in your business and, you know, stuff will get out or, you know, people might think you're crazy because you're seeking counseling, you know, stuff like that. And so, and then plus, you can go all the way back to when in the in slave days, you know, because that's how far back it goes. You yeah. know, we learn not to trust, not to trust other people, and in a from when going backward, before you didn't have a plethora of black therapists. Everyone was Caucasian, mm-hmm. and so how easy how how easy is it for you to go sit down with a caucasian person and i'm i'm saying go all the way back in that time and expect them to understand what you're going through right in the 1960s 70s and stuff it's still to this day there's a lot of people in the african african american community that don't even know these services exist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying yeah, right. and so they so then you have you have that 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 non-access to care or limited access to care plus you have that trust factor because what what the what the what the federal government and state and local governments are starting to realize is that african-american want to be um counseled or going therapy with a person of color mm-hmm. because they feel that they identify with someone that looks like them and that that person possibly may have some of the, the similar uh, experiences. So they don't feel as um, shameful as to reveal their information. Now, the other biggest part is that sweeping it under under the rug, what happens in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, it was just don't, you don't talk about that outside the house. You know, you don't tell the people at school this is happening. You don't talk about it at church. You know, some of those, that's the policy across our, our community mm-hmm. that you don't, you don't do that. But more and more in this, this time, you have a lot of African-American people that are seeking treatment. Mm-hmm. A lot of major um, hip hop stars, people in the limelight, they are starting to push not mental health. They're, they're, they're pushing mental health, but they're pushing go and get therapy. Right. You know, not just go get you, go tell them you depressed and go tell them you suicidal. It's, you need to start talking about what happened as a child. You need to talk about the you living in poverty and how that caused you to still deal with a poverty mindset that that so that you don't go back and reach back into your community and help. The you know, root causes. All of that stuff now is being talked about amongst the masses that y'all better go out there and get some therapy. Y'all better go talk to somebody. It's a big, big thing going on right now because some of those same people that were silent are now some of the biggest advocates in the movie industry, in the music industry by voicing the type of depression that they went through. Taraji P. Henson, um, Charlemagne the God, they're talking about it. Now they're they're putting it so it's it's kind of normal normalizing it for the African American community. Right. And plus another entity of that is when black when African Americans would seek treatment, they weren't given the right type of medication. Okay. They weren't given proper treatment. So they may have went in with um anxiety, panic attacks with depression, they, they didn't give them the medicine that would really deal with what they, what they went there for. They would give them just a, something to um, keep them coming back in a sense. Yeah. So those people ended up still in, still committing suicide or something like that, or still clinically depressed. And, and when they, when they had that experience with one person that they went to, guess what? They, they'll go somewhere else and it's the same. So then what happens? Do you think you want to seek treatment again? No. Exactly. So you have a lot of people that are choosing not to seek mental health and they're self-medicating. So they're using alcohol and drugs or gambling and or sex to, to cope with the type of things that they are dealing with in it, from a mental, a traumatic, and a social or physical type of aspect so it's it's a lot to it's a lot that goes into why our people don't seek out treatment right so like what what would you tell a parent that's thinking like I don't want like what does that mean like I don't want it on my child record like like what would you tell them to make them feel comfortable to where they can you know to seek it. So for me it would be what what did that child come to me for? Like what why did that that family end up in at, at for my caseload, and so typically you have them with OJJ or DCFS or something like that. And a lot of these kids are going misdiagnosed. You have a lot of kids right now that are in the juvenile system when they had mental illness. Mm. 
but their parents, they, their parents had that mindset. I'm not labeling my child. And they already labeled. In some, that's right. But then you have in some instances where schools and um, schools and uh, medical medical institutions have said, oh, they ADHD. And it was it was just maybe that kid needs some pro-social activities, something extra to do. Um, they need to, the way you teaching them made it to be different. You need to put in a behavior plan for that kid or some type of educational plan that'll fit that kid instead of labeling that kid with uh, ADD, ODD. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot that goes into that. But when I get a lot of families when I've had families that didn't want treatment, I'd be like, just let me come. Let me, let me sit with y'all. And then they would realize I'm not coming there to to lock them up. I'm not coming there to hold them to a letter of the law. I'm not there to monitor their family for DCFS to take their child out the house or them. You know, I have them arrested for mistreating their child or whatever it may be. I'm solely there to act as an advocate for you. So when you do these services with me, then I can talk with the DCFS worker or the OJJ worker in the court to let them know this family has been compliant with me. They've met with me weekly. This family, this is the issue this family presented from beginning. This is where we at right now. This child hasn't got it arrested again or this child hasn't had no behavior referrals their grades have come up um that kid has not had any episodes at home and and i i let the family know and when i report this it's like i'm i'm going i'm a voice for you when you would not have had a voice in a courthouse at the at the at, with dcfs or with ojj so then once they get that understanding that i'm i'm there for them then it's like, all right, Miss Cherokee, you 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 coming back next week? Right. You know they're they're trying to figure out when I'm coming back. Or oh, Miss Cherokee, you like beans and rice? I'm like, no, baby, I don't. <laughs> I don't beans and rice. That's my favorite. You know, that's my favorite. But I ate before I came. You know, but they they are more willing to work with you whenever you realize, and then they're more apt to listen to you whenever you're thinking about. Oh, I think so. So it's instead of me because I'm not a clinical licensed person if I see some behaviors because I know about mental illness is hey you know what I think you might need to be referred to um the office of um the AAA the human services division or I can let you speak with our clinical person uh staff at the office our licensed therapist or our medical director that can properly get that child assessed if you want to look into it because I can't give you any information as for our diagnose your kid or tell your kid that tell you that oh I think your kid is no it's like if you see this stuff Persistent, then I think you might need to talk with a professional that's licensed, that that has those the title to say, well, yes, we'll do an evaluation, we'll do this. But typically, most of the time, those kids have already had a psyche there before we started services with them and have a clinical diagnosis already. You know, so that's to do to do services with us extended. Okay. So it's just getting that family to see you're you're help for them, you're a voice for them, you're advocating for them, you're there for them and not anyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Was it ever a time that um any one of you felt like you couldn't help a patient? 
You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like maybe maybe after four weeks of working, they're like, you know, Miss Tucker's really good, but she's real intense. Yeah. And she's just really, she's, she just really want to do her job. And I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, and, they and, was closed and listen, off. I, and look, I could not deal with that, though. I was like, no, maybe I need to call them. I need to call them. And she, my supervisor was like, mm-mm. Just don't. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> they don't want all that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I got a plan. I could really help them. They just need to do this. And she's like, but they don't want it. <laughs> like, this is what I went to school for. I'm Michael Jordan. I got to do it. <laughs> Look, it's like to accept that. I'm Like for weeks, I was mind-boggling. Like, they really don't want me to help them? I'm like, man. And, and I, I had to really accept that. And, and I said... Well, I've gotten a family and I went out to meet the kid and I went back and was like, I cannot work with this kid and they family. I can't do it. Give them to someone else because I can't do it. But when presented with that challenge, it's like that's an area that I got to work in. So having that family is best for me. Right. So I was able to work, walk through it with that person. And I, and I was like, Lord, I didn't think I'd ever get to the end of therapy with this this person, like, oh, going. I'm ready. I'm so glad it's over, you know. But yeah. you have them. You have that. Mm-hmm. I know Ebony, you've had some instances like that. It's because sometimes you'll you'll want change for the family more than they want it for themselves, mm. right? <laughs> and you know, and it's almost like pressuring them. And so, because uh-huh. uh, I had one, it was a kid. He was in. He was in home, but he was on his way to the detention center. And I'm sitting there, I'm telling him, say, look, when you go in front of the judge, you got to do this, 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 and this. Don't go in there with no attitude. Don't, you know. So he caught an attitude. I say, look, I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself. And I so I walked off. <laughs> and then he was like, wait, 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 wait. I said, no, I'm done now. Uh-huh. You know, but I had to let him know, like, I can't help you if you're not trying to help me help you. And, you know, a lot right. of the times people like you, you know, they, they want to, you want to help so much because you could see the, you're going to know the outcome of what your services will provide for that family or for that individual. And they don't know it yet. And so you're trying to convince them, Hey, this is what it could be. But if they can't see the picture, then you can't, you can't draw it for them. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So what do you guys love most about, your job, your career, and what you do. Just like, I love whenever there is change and like, um, so the same kid that I was talking about, uh, I had, I ended up running into his mom and she was like, you know, cause he was shooting up neighborhoods, like cutting the, she, she, uh, so I ran into his mom and she was like, you know, he don't do none of that stuff no more. Wow. And like I was just like, wow, that is, you know, at least something went through his head, you know. Yeah. Um, so like that's the most rewarding part of it is whenever somebody do change, you know, for the better. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and and just like Ebony, I've seen like I had a kid; she was running away, um, underage drinking, um, 
um, having sex with older guys, just a lot of different things that were going on. And if, for me, if I could get one change in, in, I was like, okay, that's good. So I, she stopped running away and stuff. Um, mom started letting her date where a guy would come over, but that's, that's their family, you know, so they made their agreement, and I had to be okay with it, like, okay, mom, so you gonna be okay with us? They know the guys? Okay. So, you know, it's underneath her roof, so it's, for me, it was like, man, I wanted to do so much, but I was good with at least she's not running away and drinking because I was so worried about sex trafficking, worried about, you know, her being abducted, certain things like that, and when I did run into her mom, this when I tell you she is spelling student and all that, she was in college. Mm. She's like, you know, you know, my daughter is in college now. She said, I know you you were very hard on her and she didn't like you, you know. Mm-hmm. She didn't like you at all. But at the end of the day, she really took in what you said, you know, and I did some changes to 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 better parent her that opened the door for her to let me in. And now my daughter is just, she's doing exceptionally well. And I was like, you know, when you get that and it's some years later and you see the fixed field working for that family and all you did was you was with that family for maybe four to two to six months and you could project that type of um, impression and show them the tools that they already have um, and the strength that they have to promote that positive change within their family with a plan is like, oh, I, I, I really like my job. I love what I do. <laughs> you know, you're helping people. Making a you difference. You know, you're a helping real people. To, it, it, it's really just like the the idea of like self selflessly serving someone else to get them to see that one day they'll have to pay it forward too. You know, like, because they will. Most of the time you see kids that someone came in and gave them that baton. They usually, all those, that family, they usually pass it on. And those same families, they, they refer other people to your agency. They send people like, oh, ask for her, ask for this person, because they really saw change in their family. So that's the most, that's the rewarding part. When even when you have people come and say, oh, well, can I work with so-and-so? It's because they saw that I cared about what I did in my home with those families, you know? Awesome, awesome. So, guys, um, I know that um, your center is currently under construction. Let's talk a little bit about that. When do you guys uh, plan on being open for the public? Ooh, naughty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, cause it's it's a it's been a process, um, yeah. but we are like on the last peak and toe of it being finalized, mm-hmm. um, and we have our clinical stuff all taken care of, all our documentation, our um, you know policy and procedure, our organ our organization's documentation, accreditation, and all of that stuff in place. We're just waiting to receive our licensure from the Louisiana Department of Health, um, which should be in within within weeks, like maybe a two to three weeks. Um, and then we'll do like a little false opening. Mm-hmm. And we're 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 hoping by August first to be fully functionally up and running to, to for the public. Because we have people waiting right now 
for us to be up, like to to do services. We have people waiting, but it's just been, um, it's a lot that goes into starting up and what the state requires for you to be a legal, you know, licensed agency in the state of Louisiana to to provide these services. It used to not be as uh, lengthy and um, red tape, but you know, with a lot of there's so many agencies that they're cracking down where they want more evidence-based, they want more accrediting bodies to be providing these services. Awesome, awesome. I'm super excited for you guys, you know, because our community needs that, needs that. So um, keep us posted, man. We would like to know what was going on, you know, help you guys support it, uh, promote it, whatever we have to do, we're willing to do our part to help out. So with that being said, if anyone is interested in connecting with you guys, where can they find you? On on Facebook at our um, page, Center for Thriving Families. Mm-hmm. Y'all can find us. We we, we post um, sporadically um, some uh, mental health facts, some things that's going on with mental and behavioral health, trauma-related um, education, um, you know, some some of the things that coping things that you can do in the wake of COVID-19, um, some of the some of the precautions that you need to be tending to during this time with social distancing and everything. Um, and how how is this having um wreaking on your mental and physical health? Because I, I, I can say that since this has this COVID nineteen, we probably all put on a few COVID nineteen 19 pounds. Oh, you know? yeah. Child, yes. Eat, eat, eating up, eating up uh, all the stuff that's good and that's, that we shouldn't be eating. But <laughs> we, we be posting stuff that you can do, like some stuff like getting out, walk, get with your girlfriend, you know. Mm-hmm. And also just talking a lot about the mental health for men, too. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, they, they school men. And men go through some of the same stuff women do, if not more. Right. Um, they just not as verbal as, as we are. So we post some men, some facts about how mental health affects men and stuff. So we, we're, on Center, we're on Instagram, too. Um, and it's Center for Thriving Families, LLC. And and our pages is linked. Um, and Ebony has her um, Instagram and Facebook, and I have mine. Just look us up um, by name on on those social media platforms. Our website is up and um, it's up, but we're still constructing it. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we're working on it, and we do have our location already. Um, it's also it's at one fourteen Current Lane, Suite A one. Uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, seven oh five oh six. We are in there. We are working on our stuff, and we're just waiting for the finishing part uh, to be able to open it up to the public and, and start serving people. And that's the other thing I want you to know about the services we provide. The families don't come to us; we go to them. We meet them in their natural, natural cause. So if it's at home, if it's at um the school or in a community, that's where we go. But right now we're doing telehealth um, through Fairly, where you we doing virtual sessions. Okay. That right now, because of the social distancing practices that we have to put in place for safety and um, health, you know, so you you do sessions on 
and it's confidential. It's HIPAA um, compliant. So, you know, there's no like sharing of the of anyone's information. Um, it's, it's on a secure line that you're having these um, sessions and stuff like that. So we're just ready to be up and running so that we can be hit the ground and start seeing our community and helping our community. Okay, so right now y'all y'all are you guys are seeing clients now. Mm-mm, no, not right now. But when we do start, it'll be no. through Theralink. Oh, okay. I thought because I thought you yeah. said y'all was seeing them through, um, like you was doing it through the phones or whatever. Mm-mm. Okay, we, maybe, I misunderstood. We, we will be. We will be. Oh, okay, okay, through, okay, like, okay. Like doing it through the phone once we, because we, you gotta have your license to be able to provide services. Now, me and Ebony, we both have MPI numbers, and we were doing services under other agencies, but now they were working on our own. So we ceased practicing, um, pending our license, but we have provided. Pro- pro bono services to meet our car accreditation for families. Like, so pending to get our our accreditation from the car for crediting body, we had to provide service to a number of families or individuals to be able to get accredited so that they can, they'll know that we are buying a lot of standards that's in place. But we've we've taken, we've done all the pro bono cases that we're going to do, um, for the year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we're waiting until we get our license to start with families. Okay, so I want to ask y'all, what made you guys go and, you know, branch off? Because you said y'all were working, you know, under others. What made y'all want to do your own thing? Oh, that's been years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> That was always the goal, uh-huh. you know, that was always the goal, um, you know, so if you have an organization, you know, and you work in someone's else's dream, mm-hmm. you know, that's not your dream. Okay. We want to work our own dream okay. and, and structure our organization on our goals, our mission and our values. Good. Okay. Good. Because it's easy to get in this field. And what I, from my history is you start off family oriented and service based. And once financial stuff start rolling in, it becomes about money and business. Okay. I'm not a, we're not a money and business uh, focused um, company. Business, yes, but we, you still got to serve the people, you right. know? That's the first thing on the list. You in this to be a service to other people that don't have a voice who need someone to be there for them. And so that's our number one priority. And so just through working at great agencies and seeing the ins and outs, you take some stuff, you leave some stuff. And so we're able to start from ground up and build it on our our mission values and goals and and prayerfully produce some great therapists that are being trained by um, professionals and that are ethical professional you know and passionate com- compassionate and have empathy to be able to do this work um and stay with us you know so that's, that's the biggest reason why we decided to go on our own and do it okay cool cool 
So, in closing, what would you say to inspire someone listening today? Love yourself. Because that's at the core of self of discipline. You know, um, self-care is very important. You know, some of the same things I say, love yourself. And if you love yourself, then you will have healthy boundaries. You will be able to practice self-care and you will put yourself first so that you can tend to others. And so that's what I would tell. That's what I would tell them. And your mental health is your wealth, is your physical, is everything. And you cannot separate from no parts of you because you're you're a triune being. You're physical, you're spiritual, and you're mental. You gotta you gotta pay attention to all parts. You can't be super spiritual without having your mental health in check. You can have your mental health in check, but not have your spiritual. And then you can have your physical in check and not have your spiritual or your mental. And and if they're not all working in alignment, you're not well. And so you have to check yourself sometimes. So check yourself. That's what I would say. Okay. Miss Ebony, you got something to say? Yeah, just take care of yourself. It's okay to put yourself first sometimes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. This was an amazing conversation. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. You ladies have a great rest of your day. And Tara, I'm calling you for a session. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thank y'all. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. What if it was possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right to your front door? You could finally take up kickboxing with all that free time. Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. Way better than those other guys that nickel and dime you every time you use their app. Forgot that one special ingredient you needed to make mom's secret recipe? Instacart can deliver it to your front door in as little as one hour. You can shop multiple stores, see deals in your area to help you save money, and every item is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. No more rock-hard avocados or smashed bread. Oh, and they keep your eggs safe, too. To start your 14-day free trial and to take advantage of free delivery on your first order over $35, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know that we've sent you and to support the show. Instacart, never set foot in a grocery store again. Podcast is a great way to promote your business or brand. It could be a great way to get your message across to the masses. If you're a podcast junkie like us, podcasting can be easy as one, two, three with Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. To start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, following the link in the show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that we've sent you and help support our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Now it's time to shout out our listener locations. That's tuning in each week. If you're new to the show, the suspenseful music is there to let you know that I am about to murder these names. <laughs> so pay attention because your city may be called on today's show. I apologize in advance for wrong pronunciation <laughs> of these locations so shout out to Ormond Beach Florida Skokie Illinois Slidell Louisiana 
Port Arthur, Texas, Zaragoza, Aragon, Davao, Davao City, Odense, South Denmark, Youngsville, Louisiana, Glawis. How would you say that? Glewis? Girl, I'm going to need for you to just start spelling that. G L I W I C E S I L E S I A, Milan, Lombardy, Newcastle, Indiana, Portmont, Los Lagos region, Wasacom, Texas, R O S K, what is that? I L D E, Zealand, Ismer, Ismer, and Flower Mound, Texas. So thanks so much for tuning in and sharing week after week, guys. Ever thought about becoming a knowledge junkie? To do so, go to patreon.com forward slash one sound one scene or grab the Patreon link from the show notes below. There you have access to exclusive content and community while supporting the show. We look forward to adding you to our Knowledge Junkie family. We appreciate your support and we thank you in advance. Now it's time for our listener location segment where we read reviews and give you our response to the reviews left by our listeners, either on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, from our website, or on our social media platform. So be sure to follow us there and leave us some feedback because your comment may actually be the one to make the show. And we aren't sugarcoat nothing. We will give y'all the real. So here is what I need you guys to do. Press pause now. And go leave us some honest feedback and an honest review. And come back and listen in. This review is from J. Beck, the realtor left on Apple Podcasts. He said, great podcast, keep it coming, fire. And he had like two little fire emojis with that. So thanks so much, J. Beck, the realtor. We really appreciate you for tuning in and taking the time out of your day to send us some love and feedback. Let's get social and be a part of our community. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at One Sound One Scene to stay in the know about what's up and coming. Well, this is the end of this segment. We hope you received some value from today's topic. Up next, we have a song from our artist spotlight titled Hold You Down, streaming on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Links are located in the show notes, so be sure to follow him on Facebook and Instagram at Humble Joe. That's H-U-M-B-L-E-J-O-W for new music. Stay tuned. He would never leave you nor forsake you. That's worked No matter where you may His comfort in the know that. No matter what, God gonna hold you down. So dry your eyes and sleep peacefully. In a world where we spend more time worried about big stocks and bonds Then I took to being educated, best believe I'm frustrated Had to witness young brothers being killed by the ones who were sent to protect us daily Best believe it's getting crazy Well you can't wear a hoodie out public cause you look suspect And they assume that you're dangerous Hate is contagious so outrageous, Lord please save us Can you tell that we in the last days? The rumors of wars, we can't go outdoors My sight in the planet he gave us But my God's still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all he asks is his purpose to give us his favor It's the enemy's plan to kill and destroy who got holy to Satan can't take him Thank the Lord that he is my savior On the cross when he died he swallowed his pride gave his life in return I must praise him I'm his servant I put in the labor Bear my cross every day watch fight and pray Trust him to keep me from danger Fret not evil do us and always stay humble until he return back to take us No matter where you fall, no matter where you fall 
Down. Down. I patiently wait, seek for the date of hearing our boss trumpet sound. Or she will also be found. Frown. Finally, racing on frowns. Frown. Take his last stand, redeem all his land, release all the captives that's bound. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, the oppressors who were greedy for gain to God in vain, they truly will learn a harsh lesson. Disobedient life of rebellion, mistreating this grace that's so precious. Every knee shall bow, humble and fear, every tongue on this earth will confess it. My God, my God. He is the Messiah, he's the king of all kings, lord of all lords, consuming this planet with fire. No contest, no, there'll be no contesting. He said in his word, although they were formed, there will be no prospering weapon, come on. No matter where you be, no matter where you be, no matter where you be, We hope you enjoyed the music segment. If you're vibing with the songs featured on today's show, be sure to show support to that artist. Support means a like, a follow, a share, a stream, or a comment. If you're an independent artist with positive music and would like an artist spotlight featured on our up-and-coming shows, be sure to email us for more info. To qualify, make sure you have at least four sample-free radio versions of your original music that's not promoting violence or drugs to info at onesoundonescene.com. Please note that any music that does not meet all the criteria mentioned will not be featured on the show. If you're an entrepreneur or have a business and you'd like to know how to get your brand featured on the show, be sure to email us at info at onesoundonescene.com. We offer live mobile interviews where we go to your place of business. We also offer advertising slots and digital ads to be featured on the show and on all social platforms. And if you like hanging with us, be sure to tune in every Wednesday at 6 a.m. for new episodes. All links to the show as well as social media links and emails mentioned in today's episode is included in the show notes. So be sure to look for that. Also, please remember to subscribe, leave us some feedback so that we can connect with you.
Well, this concludes episode 16 of our show. It's been super fun. Thanks again for tuning in to One Sound, One Scene podcast. Have a great rest of your day. And always remember, if you help enough people get what they want, you will always get what you want. Aspire, inspire, and pour into others. Until next time, folks, One Sound, One Scene, we are out. Peace. One sound, one scene, one love, one team, one vision, one dream. It's way more than it seems. Aspire, inspire, and we pouring into us. We gotta stay unified. We gotta support each other. One sound, one scene, one love, one team, one vision, one dream. It's way more than it seems. Aspire, inspire, and we pouring into us. We gotta stay unified. We gotta support each other. I double tap my people picture. I show them love anywhere. Social media in person. I'm showing love anywhere. Give them flowers while they live in sweet aroma in the air. Trying to hurt you, just stay away from them Like a post, even comment and share for thousands everywhere One sound, one scene, pouring our love everywhere You ain't vibing positive, we don't want it, we don't care All your negative energy, you can keep it over there This music is therapeutic and enrichment for the soul Become one with the instruments, let melodies take control Reach another, teach another, and together we will go Incorporate the law of reciprocity, reaching for more One sound, one scene, one love, one team, one vision, one dream It's way more than it's One vision, one dream. One, one vision, one.